I'm always seeing things on the news and thinking that can't be right, can it? Listen to the KYW News Radio in depth podcast and make it make sense. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. He's a man who's covered just about every weather event you can think of. Whether it was hurricanes in the South or tornadoes in Bucks County, you got the blizzard of 96 from tornadoes to blizzards to to heat waves to hurricanes. Glenn Hurricane Schwartz has seen so much over four decades, especially the last 27 years here in Philadelphia. I've lived in the area my whole life, and he's a fixture. He's an institution, an icon, and there have been a lot of memorable and well-known successful meteorologists to come through Philadelphia over the years, and there are right now. But to me, what always stood up, what always stood out about Glenn was just how accessible he made the information and the forecast. You could digest it easily, and he sounded like he was one of us. He is one of us. He's from Philadelphia. He's someone who grew up here, who got to come back home and leave his mark in such an amazing way. Great story, great career. There's such a fascinating science to the weather, and that is what Glenn is all about. The guy with the bow tie, he's retiring at the end of this week. So we're going to talk to him later today about some of just the wild stuff that he's seen and what we might see down the road in Philadelphia weather, plus where he's going to be after he uh, hangs up the bow tie. (laughs) I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. So we'll talk to Glenn in a moment, but first, there's been an important development when it comes to COVID precautions across the Philadelphia area. That's namely the Philadelphia schools, along with some other districts in the suburbs, that they're back to requiring masks again as of today. And as you'd expect, students had mixed reactions to this. KWW's Mike Doherty spoke with a few of them out in Montgomery County. I suppose the cases have been going up recently. I know a lot of people who've been getting COVID. Even my sister has recently. And I guess it does make sense that masks are mandatory now. It was a surprise, but I mean, if the COVID cases are high, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Personally, I do not like masks. I like to see people's faces. I feel like it's an interaction barrier between people, and I'm not a fan of it. And now we're joined by our education reporter, Mike DiNardo. Mike, what was it that formally sparked this decision from the school district to bring masks back? Well, the cases were on the rise, that, that as we all know, and the school district has been in constant contact with the Philadelphia Health Department, uh, and the district says this move came at the recommendation of the city health department. And if I may, th- th- there was a mandate uh, in the school district until March 9th, uh, then it became optional, then If you remember the week after spring break, that was going to be a mandatory week of of masking. Uh, And then it went back to being optional and now it's back to being (laughs) mandatory again. So wait a few days. It may change again. Who knows? Mike, with all the back and forth, do you think it would be better if they just kept it? I mean, uh, have the students changed their behavior or is it almost kind of just like just keep the mask on because you never know when it's going to be required again? Well, believe it or not, many students uh, are doing that. Um, Many of the the, the teachers that we've talked with said, yeah, our our students never took their masks off, even though it was optional. They kept wearing them in the classroom. Uh, They felt that they didn't want to be transmitting uh, the virus, even though they couldn't see it. Memorial Day is a week from now. School year is going to be over in about three, maybe four weeks. So how long do they even expect this to last? 
Well, the district says that this mandate will be in effect until further notice. Um, as you mentioned, the school year is, is winding down, and it wouldn't be surprising if they just left it in place uh, for the rest of this school year. Um, what happens with summer school and summer activities, uh, the district hasn't said. Um, but again, they'll be in contact with the, the city health department, and they'll be uh, comparing notes back and forth, and I'm sure I'll be making a, a recommendation before long about the summertime. Mike, do you think that as time has passed with this, it's gotten more manageable for the school district to get the message out, to implement changes, to adapt on the fly, or are they still dealing with logistical things that come up in an always fluid, always evolving situation? Yes. <laughs> and I say that because uh, we've been here before, right? Everyone knows the, uh, the the drill for them. And it's not that difficult to change a recommendation uh, on a dime, on a moment's notice. All you have to do is, okay, tomorrow you bring your mask in. And if you don't have one, here's a mask, put it on. That's a much easier switch to turn on and off uh, than uh, vaccine mandates and things like that. So um yeah, it, it may be it may be easier now just to say, you know what, we are going to uh, require everyone to wear masks because we see uh, the case counts rising in the city. Mike DiNardo, thank you so much for coming on with us and giving us this update on the return of masks in the Philadelphia schools. Happy to do it. Good to see you, Jay. And this week, we'll see the end of an era in Philadelphia television. NBC 10's legendary Glenn Hurricane Schwartz is set to retire at the end of this week. So as we head into the final few days of his story career, we are joined today by the man in the bow tie himself, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. So Glenn, it's great to see you. You've spent 27 years here in Philadelphia at NBC 10. Of all the things that you've been a part of, I guess what's been the most meaningful part of this job? Well, just in general, to be a success in your hometown there's nothing better than that. Um, I've actually been a meteorologist for 50 years. I've been on TV for 42. You know, that's a, it's a long time. Obviously, some of the biggest events are hurricanes and blizzards, um, the biggest challenges. But every day is, is a gift as far as I'm concerned. The story, Glenn, about how you ended up on TV, would it be fair to say that this was kind of a happy accident <laughs> that all this came together? Yes, it is. I, I ended up going into private meteorology. I worked for AccuWeather. Then I worked for the government, uh, the Hurricane Center and National Weather Service in Atlanta. And wasn't necessarily thinking about TV. You know, I had a nice career going. And then one night, there was a hurricane approaching the coast. It was going to come up in toward Georgia. And one of the TV stations in Atlanta who did not have their own meteorologist sent a camera crew down to the weather service and put me on at the top of the 11 o'clock news to talk about Hurricane Frederick, 1979. And I did. And the next day, the news director called up and asked me if I was interested in a career in TV. So that's how it happened. And you picked up the nickname Hurricane. I guess explain to people who may not know where hurricane yeah. came from because there i'm sure there are people who probably think that's your actual given middle name at this point because it's so synonymous <laughs> with it. 
Yeah. But there are, yeah, there have actually been kids that asked me why they're, why my parents named me Hurricane. Um, that comes from my days at the Weather Channel. This is in the middle of my TV career. And I somehow talked them into letting me go outside. They never had a camera go outside and film a cloud or a storm or anything. It was just maps and forecasts. So we rented a station wagon and drove down to the coast and the hurricane stalled and then it moved this way and then it moved that way. And it was a week, Hurricane Elena. And I would, of course, film stuff getting blown around in the winds. And years later, when I showed that video in New York City, when I got the job after the Weather Channel in New York, the anchorman, right after seeing that, said, and now here with the weather is Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. It just came out of nowhere. Nobody asked me if it was okay. Nobody did a focus group or some advertising company decide. <laughs> it just happened, as the best nicknames do. <laughs> exactly. That is how the best nicknames happen. You can't give yourself a nickname. It just is right. bestowed upon you. So that's that's the one that you got. And now it's just... That's correct famous here in Philadelphia. But you mentioned that your first TV gig was down in Atlanta. You spent a lot of time chasing storms down south. What was that like? Well, the interesting part in Atlanta was that I had no TV experience and I'm in a fairly large TV market. So the first thing they did to me was send me to a speech therapist to get rid of my Philadelphia accent. (laughs) Um, so I had a limited future in Atlanta <laughs> television because of that. Recently, we had Ida obviously come through the region going back to last fall. But I remember the blizzard of 96. There was Hurricane Sandy. A lot of major weather events have passed through this area over the course of your time on the air, Glen. What are going to be some of the most memorable stories, for good or bad, that you've covered? Are they the, the big events, perhaps like those, or are there other things that maybe the average person might not consider as being career highlights or some of the most compelling weather events you've covered? Well, you know, when you're a meteorologist, obviously the biggest things are the storms. As I say, nobody ever becomes a meteorologist because of sunny days. And so the blizzard in 96 happened like two months after I started here. So I was pretty much unknown. And that really springboarded me in a positive way. Sandy was something very memorable as well. You know, if Sandy had hit 50 miles farther south, then parts of our area would have gotten what Long Island and North Jersey and New York City got. So, um, That was a huge, huge event as well. So we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we'll talk with Glenn about some of the extreme weather changes we've seen recently in the Philadelphia area and what is over the horizon as we head into the future. We'll have more with Glenn Hurricane Schwartz when we come back. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. And we're here with Glenn Hurricane Schwartz, and we've got a few more questions for Glenn about his long and very fascinating career in meteorology. One of the things that 
you focus on a lot, and we've spoken with Steve Sosna on here before, and Steve is, is, is very passionate about this too, is climate change. And you've seen the change in how our climate has been throughout your, your long career as a meteorologist. What have you seen is maybe the, the scariest part about climate change? Is it the storms? Because what we had with Ida last fall, for example, was not exactly typical, or even Isaias, <laughs> the one before that, that caused problems. What are we looking at in, in terms of a future when it comes to our weather? Yeah, when it comes to this area, the thing that I'm most concerned about is the flooding. When you have a combination of sea level rising because of the warming oceans and the change in ocean currents is causing an even greater rise along the east coast of the United States, then you have a greater amount of moisture in the air when you have a warmer climate and a warmer ocean. So the same storm that would cause moderate flooding back when I started here in the 90s would cause major flooding now. Now what's going to happen 20 years from now? What kind of flooding is that going to be? That's going to be flooding that we never could have imagined. And that's going to happen occasionally. Moderate floods are going to happen frequently. And coastal flooding is going to happen more than half the days of the year and major coastal flooding happening several days each year. I think it's the water that's my greatest fear around this area. Glenn, I gotta ask, the bow ties. How and yeah. when did that become a thing? When did you just decide yeah. that that expressed your personality or how did that, cause it, I feel like they kind of go together. That's part of your personality, which chicken or the egg sort of situation, you know? Yeah, I, I never wear bow ties before I uh, came to Philadelphia. I wore regular ties. In my early years in TV, I had a full beard. I grew a beard because I looked so much younger than I was. When I was 24, I looked like I was 16. <laughs> and I was sick of that. I grew a beard to look older. Now, once you're in your 40s in TV, you don't need to look older anymore. So the beard <laughs> came off. Well, I used to be the guy with the beard. Now I'm just a guy. <laughs> so the, the news director, the guy that hired me, said, yeah, I want to hire you, but I want you to wear bow ties. One of the things he said is, look, you're a scientist. What's wrong with looking like a scientist? Made perfect sense. Said our main weather guy is John Bolaris. I said, yeah, I know John. He said, well, he is so handsome. He could be on the cover of GQ magazine. He wears these $2,000 suits. All the women are crazy about him. I picture you as the anti-black. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of getting insulted by that, I saw the opportunity. Because now I could have an, an identity again. Instead of the guy with the beard, now I'm the guy with the bow tie. And so from that, I decided to make my own style out of these uh, bow ties. I had some of them um, converted from my regular ties into bow ties because I like the patterns. I like these geometric uh, abstract kinds. Um, so I wasn't doing the kind of bow ties that normal bow tie people were doing, you know, with the stripes and then paisley and floppy. And I wanted, if I'm going to do this, 
let me do it in my own way. Coming back home, what has that meant to you, being able to do the bulk of what you've been doing here in Philadelphia? We know how much of a huge Phillies fan you are, how much this city is ingrained in you. What has Philadelphia yeah. meant to you, including this connection with the city? Well, the uh, the first obvious thing is, remember having to go to a speech therapist in Atlanta? <laughs> I don't have to go speech therapist here. I talk like you guys. <laughs> you know, I, I can I can be myself and be comfortable and knowing that people accept me that way where they wouldn't necessarily do that in other parts of the country. That's one. The second one was the effect it had on my family. Um, it's one thing to say, okay, my son works in television, in, you know, in some other state. But when I come home, my parents got to watch every day and their friends and relatives got to watch me. It, it was such a sense of pride to them. And I was so proud to be able to make them a little bit happier and a little bit more fulfilled uh, by being able to do that. Same thing with my sister, my younger sister, who unfortunately passed away less than a year after I started in Philly. But she did get to see me um, on TV and, and was very happy about that. And, and I'm so glad that, that she did get a chance to do that. And it just means the, the world a difference when your family is a part of this. One week from today, you yeah. wake up. Well, one, that's, that's Memorial Day. So the following day, Tuesday, <laughs> right. you wake up that Tuesday morning. What's Glenn Hurricane Schwartz going to do? Well, um, I'm going to continue to follow the weather. I'm going to continue to live in this area. I'm not leaving town or anything. Uh, so if anybody's interested, they can reach me. But I'm at home. I'm not commuting to work anymore. <laughs> I have 50 years of that. So that's that's the one major change that's going to happen. I enjoy writing. I enjoy public speaking. Um, I'm writing or finishing up a memoir. Um, I'm trying to get my novel that I wrote a couple years ago made into a movie. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep working in a way. I just not every single day and certainly not commuting. And I'm going to be able to focus more on the climate crisis than just day-to-day -day forecasting. And it, I'll be totally independent and not working for a corporation where, you know, I have limits on what I can and, and really should say. I have a responsibility to my employer. But then that ends on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're so thankful to have you. Thank you so much, Glenn, for coming on with us, and congratulations. Thank you, and it, it's, it's just been an unbelievable thrill to do this and to be able to, to get a nice positive send-off where <laughs> it doesn't always happen in this business. <laughs> Every, getting to go out on your own terms is always the best way to do it. Thank you again. That's Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. That's all we've got for today. That's all we need for today. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Have a good one.